Well, we took a few weeks off uh, for things like Easter and baptisms uh, from our series, Dear Church, the, uh, the Churches in Revelation. Uh, but we're going to finish it up uh, this week and next week. And uh, a couple weeks back, we were talking about the church in Thyatira. It was a church where grace had gone wild, where people um, were, were so uh, open and forgiving and loving and gracious that, that crazy things were happening. And I, I said, I think that's a danger for Coast Bible Church. I mean, we're a, we're a grace church. We're a church we, you're not going to get a, we don't, we're not very judgmental. We uh, try to get along with each other. But in my heart, while I think that's something we have to be careful of, in my heart, I believe that we're the church that, that, uh, that Jesus is going to talk about today. And so uh, I invite you to join me as we uh, hear Jesus' words uh, to the church in Philadelphia. Revelation 3. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and, and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Look, I have set before you an open door that no one is able to shut. I know that's a little bit odd. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna explain that in just a second. Uh, then, then Jesus says this, I know that you have but little power yet. You've kept my word, have not denied my name, and I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not but are lying, I'll make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Why? Because you've kept my word of endurance. I will keep you from the hour of the trial that is coming on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I'm coming soon. Get ready. Hold fast to what you have so that no one takes your crown. And if you do, if you conquer, if you overcome... I will make you a pillar in the temple of my God. You will never go out of it. I will write on you the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now, admittedly, this text is a little bit weird. There's a lot going on, and, and we're going we're gonna to bring it out, but I, I don't want us to miss the forest for the trees. So I will uh, try to explain it, but I, I really want us to make sure that we understand what Jesus is saying to Philadelphia and what I believe he's saying to Coast Bible Church. The first thing is this. Who has the key of David? Uh, Jesus has what's called the key of David. This is um, probably symbolizing uh, the, the key to, to heaven, sort of. Um, and, and we'll talk about it. Who opens and no one will shut. Who shuts and no one opens. An open door that no one is able to shut. Do we have any younger people? Okay, is, is clubbing still a thing? Do people do that? Country line doesn't do That doesn't count. I'm talking about clubbing. You know, where like Dr. Dre is playing and he's composing the beat? No one does that. Jack. Jack's not into uh, the clubbing scene. I... I wasn't either. I, I was, I was, the reason I asked is because I listen to some of this EDM, the electronic dance music. It's just noise. Like there's no, I don't know how you would dance to that, but uh, what's that? You can't. I, Jack, we're on the same page. Let's just go back to like, what do you like? The 1960s, 50s? What? Never mind. Uh, I, I, I didn't do a whole lot of clubbing, but from the years about 2003 to 2008, I did a little bit of clubbing. Um, and I found very quickly that uh, clubs don't like me. Um, at the time, I was about 165 pounds, six foot, so very scrawny. Um, and I have a picture here of a waiting in line at a club. This was my experience. 
uh, I would, when people were like, hey, let's go to a club, I would uh, have to sit in a line, and the bouncers there would look at me, and they'd be like, no, absolutely not. You're going to wait for two hours. And I, I, I didn't understand at the time, because I thought I was awesome, but I, I think the issue is, number one, I'm not female. Um, and they're, that's a, a big deal for clothes. Also, um, you can tell by looking at my clothes, they're not very expensive. So I'm not rich. Um, and as a result, the only way I could get into clubs is if I had a whole bunch of girls with me. Uh, probably I'd been friend-zoned, but uh, it would work. Because then they're like, oh, okay, we'll let you in with these people that we desire. And then I would go and... For like however long... <laughs> Get really sweaty, thirsty. Never really understand. Um, yeah, just I don't. Never really totally got it. But um, one of the things I, I, I what I what I learned from that is there are places and, and, and parts of life that are closed to me. Uh, there, there. If, if I want to get in in some places, I can't because I'm not wanted. Well, the Church of Philadelphia was very much like that. The Church of Philadelphia, uh, because they, um, because they followed Jesus and because they were honoring Jesus' name, they weren't welcome in lots of parts of the city. And Philadelphia was a really powerful, big, awesome city. They called it the Little Athens at the time of writing. I mean, it was cosmopolitan. Uh, but as a result of their faith in Jesus, the, the Christians there, a lot of doors were closed to them. Uh, for example, uh, when Jesus is talking about the synagogue of Satan, what he's talking about are Jewish people who don't believe in, in Jesus and are really hostile to the Christians. And so what they would do is they would go around to the Roman authorities and they'd be like, those Christians are terrible. And so if they wanted a place in the Agora, the marketplace, to, to, to sell their wares, they wouldn't be allowed to. They'd say, no, you, you have to move along. You're not, you're not okay here. Um, similarly, the Christians didn't participate in the religious festivals. And as a result, they were looked at as kind of like um, outsiders, maybe, uh, you know, against the state. And so the, the basic stuff that we do uh, in, in, in life, were, the Christians weren't allowed. It would be like if, uh, if they stopped letting us go to Angels baseball games. Uh, because, you know, we, because we were looked at as like, you know, so suspicious that they're like, no, the Angels are too good for you. You have to go watch the Padres. Hey, Lloyd, can you imagine being a Padres fan? Wow. Just what? Are you, are you a Padres fan, Carter? Wow. I'm what you call a fair weather fan. <laughs> so like for a few years there when Tony Gwynn was hot, I was down. Um, as a result, yeah, the, the, the point is, is that, is that the, the, the doors of the world are closed um, to the church in Philadelphia. And that actually happens the, the more and more hostile a culture gets towards people of faith. And we're not there yet. No one's stopping us from going to Angels games. Uh, but we might be on that track. Um, we're not at a place where you're not allowed to open a bank account or participate in the economy. But that's not out of the realm of, of possibility. If a culture starts hating Christians, they start to close doors. Well, what Jesus is saying is he's saying, all those doors are closed to you, but I have a door that they can't close. I have the key that's going to let you into the most important place. And uh, I have here um, a 15th century piece of work by Afra Angelico. Uh, this is called The Final Judgment, but it's, it's his vision of the new heavens and the new earth, which get described in uh, Revelation 21 and 22. And in this, you'll note that there's like this big, long pathway. 
Now, you might think that the key of David, the, the, the door that can't be uh, shut, the one that's going to be made open, you might think that's entrance into heaven. It's not. If you go to uh, Revelation 21 and 22, you'll find out that there's 12 gates in heaven, but they're open, and people can freely go in and out. But there is a place where people don't, not everyone gets to go. In a Jewish tradition, uh, the temple was the place where God lived. God sat at the temple, right? Uh, and so people like us Gentiles, we weren't allowed very far into, into the temple. There was a place called the, uh, the court of Gentiles where we were allowed in. But then you had to be Jewish to get to the next level. And then you had to be a priest to get to the next level. And then you had to be the chief of priests to get to the very center of the temple. In the new heavens and the new earth... The throne of God is the most holy, the most pure, the most glorious place. And the church in Philadelphia is given the key to get to that. I bring this up because we're a grace church, and I believe the church in Philadelphia was a grace church. And by that, we we believe that lots of people who proclaim Jesus' name will get to go to the new heavens and the new earth, the new Jerusalem. But, but not everyone will get to approach and have access to the very throne of God. Only those who are like the church in Philadelphia, only those who endure, only those who hold fast, there is a special place, a special access, a special reward for those who are faithful. That's the first thing in your note sheets. Christians who overcome get access to the very throne of God. And yes, I believe that means that there will be people in heaven who don't have that access. The way that uh, New Jerusalem is, is described is that at the, the center, there's, there's no need for a sun because the glory of God um, illuminates everything. And there's going to be some people who just don't get to go all the way there. Why? Well, this is what Jesus has to say about the Church of Philadelphia. And I believe what um, he has to say about Coast Bible Church. I know that you have but little power, yet you have kept my word and not denied my name. Because you have kept my word of endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to test the inhabitants of earth. Uh, That bit about the hour of trial, I I believe that what uh, Jesus is referring to here is the coming, at at the time uh, that this was written, the coming uh, um, persecution in the first and second centuries that the church endured. Uh, We know that many of the churches Jesus spoke to did endure this, and they had martyrs. There are no martyrs from the church in Philadelphia. The church tradition indicates that Philadelphia was spared uh, from that persecution. I think it also refers to what's going to happen in the, in the end when Jesus comes and, and receives his church. I believe the Coast Bible Church is going to meet Jesus in the air that will be spared from the end of days when, when things go really, really badly. What is it about Philadelphia where they get these special commendations, these special incredible gifts and rewards. Olivia used to like, um, when I read to her, The Little Engine That Could. Uh, she, she loved this book, although it eventually traumatized her because in every, uh, in every publication of this book since 1930, they've inclu- that's when it came out for the first time, they've included very creepy clowns. The clowns in this book are, are disconcerting. 
Um, and as Olivia uh, started to grow up and get a little older as we were reading it, she started to be like, why? Is, why are they taking that clown? That clown looks scary. She hasn't seen it, thank God. The story of Little Engine That Could is, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a cute, it's a beautiful little story where a train breaks down. The train is, is destined to, to go up the mountain, over the mountain, to bring uh, uh, toys and clowns, <laughs> creepy clowns, to the boys and girls. And it breaks down, and it can't get anywhere. And then uh, this big, strong tra- uh, train comes along, and the big, strong train is like, is like oh, and, and, the, and the train's like, please, can you help get the, the, the stuff to the boys and girls over the mountain? The big, strong train's like, Pfft. I have better things to do. I mean, who cares about the kids? And then a train comes that, uh, and they ask another big, strong train, can you, the, the broken train, please, can you take this, the, the, the clowns to the kids? And, and the, the train says, I'm too busy. I've got, I've got to make this thing, and I don't have time to help out the little boys and girls over the mountain. And finally, the little engine that could, the blue engine, typically blue, uh, comes and, and, and stops, and the broken train says, hey, these kids really need these toys. Do you think you could do me a solid and get them there? And what does the little engine that could say? I think I can. Yeah, they load up the little engine. It's a small baby engine. Weak. They load them up with all the trombones and drums because that's what kids played with in the 30s. Now it would probably be like, iPads. They stack the iPads up, and the little engine that could starts to go up the mountain. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. It's got to stop. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. The little engine that could is weak, but willing. little engine that could, did you hear what Jesus says? Uh, Endurance. If you endure for my word, Jesus says you've already stayed fast to my word. My word, the scriptures, that's the truth. You've held on to that. If you just stick with it, then then you can keep going. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And by every measure of the world's power, there's no way that the little engine that could, could. The little engine that could should have stalled out. But because the little engine that could fully embraces endurance, he makes it. Philadelphia is the little church that could. All around Philadelphia, people were swayed by these beliefs and those beliefs, but the, the church in Philadelphia stayed true to Jesus' word. And, and the church in Philadelphia wasn't that big. By every account, uh, they shouldn't have been able to a- accomplish anything. They, they should have just been ignored and, and set aside because they didn't have power. They didn't have numbers, essentially, right? They didn't have all the stuff that other churches did. In fact, if you look back at the churches we've looked at, a lot of them had tons of resources. They had tons of people. They had tons of power in the world. And, and Jesus is like, you, you misused it. But this little, this little church, this little church that could, took what little it had and said, I'm not going to quit. 
Coast Bible Church is, uh, I believe, the oldest Bible church in San Juan Capistrano. Do you know that? Founded in 1968. Is that right? Yeah, we're 54 years old. Uh, for, you know, obviously there's mission in San Juan Capistrano. The Catholics win because that thing's like 100,000 years old. Uh, but, but as far as Bible churches go, we are, we're it. But we're not that big. We don't have that much power. But maybe we're the little church that could. Maybe we're weak but willing. It's the next thing in your note sheets. The little church that could is weak as the world judges these things but willing. Now, that shouldn't actually come as a surprise. Uh, remember, this is the end of the Bible. Yes, this is Revelation 3. So what's gone before this? Lots of stuff. Lots of stories. Lots of uh, prophecy. Lots of poetry. Lots of, lots of different things in the Bible. But if you're paying attention, if you were paying attention, if you started reading from Genesis all the way to Revelation 3, you just, in one sitting, you were like, all right, I'm going to do this. If you get there and you're paying attention, you're following what's happening, when you find out that Jesus is really pumped, he really loves a church that's weak but willing, you should not be surprised. Why? Let's just take a look at Deuteronomy 7. Look at this. This God through Moses talking to Israel. It's not because you were numerous than other people that the Lord set his heart on you and chose you. You were the weakest, the fewest of all peoples. It was because Yahweh loved you and kept the promise that he swore to your ancestors. Israel, there's nothing impressive about you. That's the whole point. Because you're weak and small, when I do great things with you, people are going to be like, that must have been God because there's no way that country could have accomplished what they just did. And that's what happened for a while. What's the most famous story in the Bible? David and Goliath. (laughs) What? I mean, everybody knows this story. We actually did a series on David's life about a year ago, a little less than a year ago. The whole, I mean, not the whole point, but a huge point of this story is here's a guy, he's young, he's redheaded, as all heroes are. He's young, he, uh, he's got no armor, he's going up against this huge dude who's in, in massive armor, scares everybody. Clearly God did that because this little squirt didn't have it in him. Uh, Daniel in the lion's den. You know, Dan, so Daniel, um, Daniel had a really terrible diet where all he ate was vegetables. Like, didn't, didn't Saddleback make everyone do that a couple of years back? I think I remember that, the Daniel plan. That was a way to become extremely weak because there's not a lot of protein. So Daniel was this weak, sickly guy. <laughs> and they, they needed to get rid of him because he wouldn't uh, worship the way they wanted. And so they'd throw him in this room with a whole bunch of lions. And lions are like, yeah, we want something with a little more meat on spoons. <laughs> They're looking for me, not Daniel. Uh, and, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, there's no way this could have happened unless God was involved. Moses, has, he stutters. He has a speech impediment, and he's supposed to, like, go before Pharaoh and talk, and he can't. He sends his, his, uh, his, his brother instead. 
You just go over and over. Gideon, right? He's a mighty man of valor. Then, uh, and as Scott uh, preached quite a bit over the last year, he, he's whittled down to 300 guys, totally overwhelmed. There's no way he can win. The climax of the scriptural story is Jesus. Surely God could have come in in a certain type of power, in a certain type of bloodshed, in a certain type of might. But instead, God comes in the form of a servant. God gives himself to us to let us torture him to death for blasphemy and sedition. And in and through that liberates the world from sin and death. You see, the reason Jesus loves the church in Philadelphia is because the church in Philadelphia looks like every weak but willing person, country, community, church that that has ever done amazing things for God. Look at the text. If you conquer, I will make you a pillar In the temple of my God, you will never go out of it. This is a very strange thing to say because, as we mentioned earlier, in the new heavens, new earth, new Jerusalem, there is no temple. And so I think what uh, Jesus is getting at is is you're going to be like uh, the foundation of the throne of God. Like all the stuff that Jesus is doing to to bring about his kingdom, he's going to build it on who? The little church that could. All the stuff uh, that, that, that Jesus does, uh, oh, and by the way, um, you could have a very large, numerically large church and still be the little church that could. Uh, the little church that could is not de- defined by its numbers, it, it's defined by, by its relative power um, in the world. The little church that could is simply a church that you look at and say, they, there's no way that God, that anyone could use, that they could do anything. The little church that could can be very large, very small. It only needs to be weak but willing. And God says, if you, Church of Philadelphia, keep going, you overcome, if you, Coast Bible Church, if, you, if, you're, if you're willing to be weak but willing, if you're willing to be small in the world's eyes, if you're willing to be nothing, then I am going to take you and I'm going to make you the foundation of my kingdom. I am going to build my kingdom, my throne, my temple on you. It's the last thing in your note sheets. Jesus is building his kingdom on little churches that could. For, uh, I think it was his third birthday, second birthday, um, my brother-in-law, Brett, got uh, Soren Hulk hands. They're awesome. They have like a little bar inside of them. And then he also got um, him one of those... Uh, one of those, you know, those inflatable things that go like this, and you kind of punch them, and they come back like a punching bag, right? Have you seen those? And men, Soren is a violent human being, uh, and and this came out very quickly, and and it, w- it was crazy that we were all watching. He's like, and then of course Soren, he like Hulk smash, funny kid, 
Uh, then as soon as he broke the, uh, the punching bag, which was very quickly, he began doing that to all the, the people in the room, which is good. And we're all looking, we're like, man, small but mighty. Small but mighty. Weak but willing. Like, sorry, he, I mean, he's tiny. He can't do anything. And yet, when he gets a good one in, it really hurts. The question is, are we ready to be small but mighty? Are we willing to be weak but willing? Are we ready to live into that as a community? Are we? Because there's a lot of stuff that's coming up, friends. We, we, I don't know how many stance socks we, pairs of stance socks we have for Camp Allendale, but they need them. And, and we're, we're not huge, but we can be a part of that. So please, please donate. And I think the missions committee is, is meeting today, and I think talking about this, this going to build a church in Mexico. Look, there's not a lot of us. And none of us, well, a few of us have skills, but most of us are useless. But that's exactly, exactly what God wants to bring us down to do something for him. Are we willing to step into being weak but willing? Are we going to be small but mighty? Because if not, there's a lot of churches. But I believe we are. And I believe that in the coming weeks and months, we're going to see more and more and more of a weak but willing community. And we're going to, God's going to do amazing things through us, as he already has with our youth group and with our coasters and with these baptisms we just had. We're going to start seeing, we're going to continue to see it. Everyone's going to be looking and be like, well, it couldn't have been then because look at them. It must have been God. Coast Bible Church, we are small, but mighty. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we humble ourselves before you. We are nothing much to speak of. In the way that the world determines power, we don't have it. In the way that the world sees might, we're weak. But God, you use the weak but willing. You became the weak but willing in the person of Jesus Christ. And God, if you could break the chains of sin and death, if you could bring all people to, to separate, to, to take away the separation, the veil between everyone and you, if you could do that someone who's weak but willing, then God, we want to be that too. And we want you to move in power. Let us be your hands and feet. Let us see more baptisms. Let us see more salvation and, and, and turning and repentance. Let us see more action. Let us see more mission. Let us see more worship, more praise. God, you are strong, and we are happy and pleased to rest in your strength. Thank you, God, for making us small but mighty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.